Welcome to the Global Investor Podcast, a show that focuses on helping foreign investors enter the lucrative U.S. real estate market. Host Charles Carrillo combines decades of real estate investing experience with a professional background in international banking to interview experts in all areas of U.S. real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Charles Carrillo. Do you have money sitting in the stock market and you're worried about it? Or worse, you have money sitting at the bank, not keeping up with inflation? My name is Charles Carrillo, founder and managing partner of Harborside Partners. And since 2006, I've been investing my money and my family's money into income-producing properties. These are real assets, real properties with real addresses that produce real cash flow. At Harborside Partners, we provide passive investors who love real estate with a turnkey investing solution. If you want to put your money to work in real estate but can't find deals, don't have the time to get funding, and the last thing that productive people want to do is manage real estate. We find the deals, we fund the deals, and we manage the tenants, the termites, and the properties. Partner with us at investwithharborside.com. That's investwithharborside.com. Go to investwithharborside.com. If you love real estate, you like the idea of passive income, and believe that income-producing properties will appreciate over time, go to investwithharborside.com. That's investwithharborside.com. Welcome to another episode of the Global Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Crillo. Today we have Andy Gercheck. Andy immigrated to America from Poland with his family at the age of nine after working in the fire restoration industry, where he discovered his true calling, which was public adjusting. Over the last decade, Andy has not only protected thousands of people from being defrauded, but also helped them receive more money than what their insurance company initially offered. So thank you so much for being on the show, Andy. Thanks, Charles. Appreciate having me on. So you got a very interesting backstory. Um, please tell us about your background, both uh, personally and professionally, prior to getting involved in public adjusting. Yeah. So personally, um, you know, I was, you know, we emigrated here in uh, 99, um, you know, kind of worked my way around, um, you know, did odd jobs, you know, started working when I was like 15. At 16, we started a grocery store. Then even in my high school, I started working, selling cars at the dealership. After that ended, I went into construction. Um, had my own construction company for a little bit. And then I met a, a public adjuster who was in this industry for 40 years, who kind of finally took me under the wing and taught me everything um, and kind of really was glued on. I knew the construction side already, um, but learning the policy, the negotiations, mm -hmm. everything on that, that was where that drifted. And that's how it got me to this day. Is that how most public adjusters have a start is that they have some construction background or it's not a prerequisite or something you don't it's, see? It's not a prerequisite when it comes yeah. to the insurance side. I don't think any of the new adjusters have any construction insight. You know, they're uh, 22, 23 yeah. out of college. So yeah, that's, yeah, what, yeah. that's what makes it yeah. scary for the clients that don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I just, uh, it's getting difficult if you're having someone come out to your property and they've never been, been involved with something like that prior on the other side of the table before. So so, so now what they'll do is they'll send an engineer out, right? Mm -hmm. They'll send a third party to kind of cover their butts. That's basically yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, interesting. So Andy, what is a public adjuster? Yeah, a public adjuster in layman terms is a private adjuster. An adjuster that you hire, he works only for you, the insured. Um, just like if you were in a car accident and uh, even with your own insurance, you'd hire an attorney to help you. Mm -hmm. um, it's the same thing here, except it's a fraction of the cost. And a PA walks, uh, documents the loss, negotiates. He can argue the policy, the policy terms and everything else. So it's basically an adjuster that works for you um, uh, against your insurance company to get you the most. Interesting. Right, the bottom line. Yeah. So when, when would someone, because obviously I imagine most people 
listening have had some run-in with filing a claim. Obviously, people everybody pays insurance of one sort of another. But when would I engage or when would an investor, a real estate investor, engage the services of a public adjuster? Yeah, the best would be day one. As soon as you have a claim is when you want to call a public adjuster. So, you know, most investors or, uh, you know, I don't know how many investors have a public adjuster on their team. If you don't recommend getting one on your team, because the best time is to call is even before you, like, as soon as something happens, you want to call that PA and say, hey, should we file this claim? Should we not file? Is this a good claim to, you know, a, a good PA that handles claims will tell you and we'll walk you through it. Um, just like our clients do. They'll call us for anything. And then we'll say, okay, well, this claim we probably wouldn't follow, right? We wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't file this claim because, you know, it's small damage. It might not go past the deductible. So you okay. want to get, get them as quickly as possible in the claims process. Yeah, it's like having a, like a litigator on your team. You're probably 100%. not going to be using, using them. Hopefully you're not using them. Uh, but when you do, you don't want to be finding and building a relationship with one. You want to have one that you, hey, you know, we've spoken a year ago and now I have this issue. So. Yeah, if you're, build, if you're building a real estate team, I would say, you know, besides your contractor, a good agent, you know, all those people that come, you know, an attorney to have a PA on your side. That, that is going to be, you know, beneficial when something does happen. So the types of claims that a public adjuster helps with, can you kind of go through, obviously, if something happened to one of my properties, like my garage, you know, burned down or something like this, yeah. I would be engaging your, are there any other claims that you might not think of that you'd be engaging services of a public adjuster on? Yeah, broken pipes. Um, a lot of claims we get are broken pipes. Um, roofing claims. We don't do much residential roofing. Um, mm -hmm. We do. Our company specializes in large loss, um, where, whether it comes to residential and, and commercial. So commercial roofing uh, claims, whether it's hailwind, when it comes to homes, fires, water, um, you know, sewer backups. Um, those we get a lot too because people get yeah. denied for those or don't have coverage. But sometimes they don't know that it's actually there's another word you can use that something else ha that your claim can be covered so um those are very common as well interesting uh so you know well let's just kind of start from the beginning because i think a lot of people yeah. with insurance it's really um they talk to their friend and they get a name from insurance or a, it's like a real estate agent right they get someone's real estate uh yep. a relative of theirs and they find their agent but there's thousands of insurance agents out there i mean like what should a real estate investor be looking for in an agent when they begin the process of insuring let's say their first rental property yeah um it's hard to say you know when it comes to agents you know agents there to sell a policy mm -hmm. um and it's hard to see which one which agent's good I would recommend independent agents that sell yeah. different carriers. Um, but if you obviously want to save on your premiums, which a lot of people do, they'll go to you know some of the bigger names, some of the bigger companies. But if you can find, and you're going to be an investor and investing in a lot of properties, yeah, you want to find a local agent or an agent that sells different policies, that sells commercial, that knows. What you want to ask them is, do you insure or do you deal with you know invest other investors that buy properties? Yes, I do. Because then now he's going to have knowledge into different coverages because you're not talking just about a home where there, it's just structure, you know, uh, a detached garage and personal contents, right? You're talking about liability. There's different, uh, there's different avenues, different endorsements you're going to need when you get into big multi-unit buildings. Right. So the best would be obviously ask a referral, ask someone, do you have a good agent? But do your due diligence. Mm -hmm. Ask questions, right? Ask, am I insured for this? What happens if this happens? That's your best bet. It's there's no really area where you can go, whether even with the PA, where you can find, you know, the right PA or the right agent. There's no source that, I, that I, we found at least that that you can use. Yeah, and I it's it's with the carriers. It's so interesting because you'll 
living in Florida now and old property is something that's built in like the 70s and coming from older parts of New England and old properties built in 1900, right? Um, so it's like, there's all different types of carriers that are going to have the appetite for risk. So I find that is if you, um, you know, if you're finding that uh, another a real real estate agent in that market that you can kind of, that it has a similar property, uh, similar size, similar vintage, um, you get their referral. That's a great way of doing it to their independent agent. And then that person yeah. definitely has the carriers of what I have found previously. And you, you, you want to do a due diligence because agents are just humans. And just because they're an agent and they say they've been doing it for 30 years, like yeah. I always say, doesn't mean they've been doing it right. I literally just had an agent say, uh, hey, Wyatt, you're helping our client. I'm like, yes, I am. Well, you know, they're only going to get paid. You know, their limit is 10000 They're going to get 9000 after the deductible. I said, well, no, because it's going to be, deductible is going to be waived because we're way over limits. Well, no, that's not true. And, you know, big argument with me. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I'm not going to argue. I, I know the policy. Claim gets paid 10000 so she, you know, argued with me for as long as she, you know, that it's nine grand, the deductible is going to be taken, this and that. Agents are just, they, they don't even know the policies they're selling. So you really have to do your due diligence and really have to look into uh, the agent you're going to work with. Yeah. And the other thing too, is when you're getting into, um, obviously we're not really talking too much about liability with policies here, but that's something very important I found with business owner policies and people, uh, agents I've worked with before that are very knowledgeable of those policies they'll walk you through the whole thing and give you examples from previous clients where someone that has no idea that's just selling home insurance liability is not the biggest thing, but you start getting into, you know, rental properties of any size liability is a big thing that you need to have on that policy. It's not like yeah. a, a main thing you're looking at. Um, and some agents and some agents will tell you, if you call them and ask them that they'll say, well, we do primary residence and then we do some commercial. Well, what do you mean? Some commercial, right. how much commercial and what kind of size of buildings? I want the agent that does only commercial, right? That's only doing investment building. That's the agent because the agent knows what he's insuring and he's been yeah. doing it for a long time. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. Uh, so let's talk about the policies when, when you're reviewing different policies and different mm -hmm. options with the agent. Okay. You know, what is most important in that policy that let's say you want to see if you had a rental property before you make the decision of one carrier or one policy versus yep. another? I want to read the policy. Um, and what the, what's scary now is when I always ask, when we insure our properties with uh, with different carriers, I always ask, let me see the policy. And most of the time, like, well, the agents will say, well, well, we don't have the policy. We don't provide the What do you mean? You're going to insure me and not provide me the policy? <laughs> yeah, that's really the, that's what's happening now. People are buying, people are paying premiums and buying insurance before they see the policy. So I always ask to see the policy. You know, read the policy and, and just have a copy and make sure there's nothing in there, the exclusions or there's nothing in there that, that you know, and it's easy for us, you know, I guess, for me to say, because all we do is read policies and interpret policies, right? But for someone buying an investment property, getting a copy of the policy, they have no idea what they're looking at. It's supposed to be written in, in you know, plain English, but it's written, yeah. Yeah. it's definitely written to, you know, where you're, you're reading it and you're like, you have no idea what you're reading. So yeah. when I, when you look at a, when you, what would I would be looking at? I would make sure what's the limits, right? Yeah. What's the limits? Um, do they have the right limits for the property? Is there any exclusions? I'm always looking, is there anything excluded? Because you know that's where the insurance company is going to keep an eye out. Okay, this is excluded. We don't pay for this. We don't pay for this. So I'm looking at the exclusions, the endorsements, the policy limits, right? Those are the three biggest factors I kind of want to look into. Interesting. Okay. That, that's some great information. Um, so let's just say it's gotten to the point where a real estate investor is uh, preparing for an insurance claim. Like what is, what is one of the things that they should do when starting that process other, other than letting their insurance company know? Yeah. What would you say? Yeah. So if you're not going to hire a public adjuster, because 
definitely recommend hiring a PA uh, before you file the claim, let them handle the claim, oh, file okay. it and do everything hundred percent. But if some people are, well, I, they're my insurance. The agent said they're going to take care of me and everyone's going to be my friend. Great. File it on your own. Um, make sure you set the reserves high enough. So when you call that claimant, is you explain to them that, you know, what size the loss is. Don't underestimate the loss. Don't say, hey, mm-hmm. we just had a little bit of smoke in the kitchen. No, say, hey, there's smoke, you know, look and tell them exactly the damage and say, this is going to be a lot of damage, you know, and, and you don't have to give an amount, but that way they set the reserves um, really high. And now sometimes mm-hmm. it's not the person taking the call. It might be the adjuster that calls you the, the same day or the next day that kind of gets an idea from you what size of the loss is so he can set the reserve. But whoever you're discussing those those first couple of days, the loss with, you want to explain the size of it, because what happens is a lot of people set the reserves too low, that you know, and the reserves are set low. So then when we come in and we're like, yeah, this is a huge, this is a large claim, they're like, well, our reserves were only a hundred thousand, and we're looking at it, well, this is a three hundred thousand dollar claim. So now you're going through like three, four different managers, different steps to get you know to to override that because you're going over the reserves, and it makes the claim very difficult. So what type of size claim do you usually see people pulling you in on as bringing a public adjuster in? From a couple thousand oh, to, really? you know, to 200,000 to the, to the large claims. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we get a lot of calls for even car accidents, you know, for cars. Mm-hmm. There were in accidents or cars getting claims paid for cars undervalued, um, which we don't personally do. There's other firms that do. Um, but people will call for anything because, again, they're seeing this happen more frequent now. Um, and they're seeing it more frequent and there's more education online uh, about getting help with your claim. Whereas before there really wasn't, you were just, Hey, my claim, I don't think it's fair. And what do I do now? And that was it. So, yeah, I think a lot of people underestimate what it costs for doing anything to repairing anything, whether it's a car, whether it's their house, whether it's Correct. a rehab project. Um, I mean, I've, people have hit me before in a car and they're like, oh, that's just a small thing. And then I'm like, you think of myself, no, it's not. And, you know, yeah. it comes out that it's like a $2,000 accident with hitting a bumper because a bumper is a bumper. And it's just like, you right. wouldn't think that, but it's it's just what it is today. But you got to think about it. It's not just a bumper now, right? Yeah. Now it's a bumper. Now it's sensors. Now there's decals. Mm-hmm. There's so much details. And that's the stuff we find. When we go into property, well, I, I looks like they, I just feel like they didn't pay me fairly. Or some people, you know, oh, I got a good claim. They paid me a fair amount. And I go through it. I'm like, okay, well, they paid for your house, but are you, you just had a fire. Are you not replacing the ductwork or cleaning it? Are you not going to replace the furnace or check it out? Right. I mean, just little stuff, right? Those little stuff. And then adds up 10, 30, 40, 50,000. This keeps adding up because those are the little stuff that if you don't have the expertise in this, you don't know what you're looking at. The, the, the estimate they give you, it's used with two different programs. And it's so, if you've never read it or you've never seen one like it, you have no idea what you're looking at. You know, mm-hmm. it's got remove and replace drywall and it's got a, but unless you actually know what's included in those line items, you don't know what you're fighting. You don't know. You're just looking at the final amount, the you know fifty thousand. But you don't know. You know you're looking. Okay, mm-hmm. looks good, fifty thousand. But you actually don't know. They might might have missed another fifty if you actually went through it. Interesting. Uh, so we spoke about before about engaging the public adjuster. Now, how when like because obviously you'll have some people that will engage their attorney. When 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 do you do yeah. either of these? I mean, right. I imagine you've worked with attorneys before with this. Yeah, there, and there's no reason to hire an attorney in the beginning okay. of the process of your claim, right? Okay. A public adjuster should take you from A to Z. Mm-hmm. Now, we have claims all the time where, yeah, claim is denied for no good reason. And just whatever we've done, we just can't get it overturned. 
And then that point, you have to go to an attorney or you see bad faith playing out. Then you might want to tell the no, we would tell the client, hey, look into, you know, an attorney or discuss an attorney because this is what's happening with the claim. Right. They're not doing this. They're not doing this. And we see that a lot. Um, you know, getting an attorney, you're getting into, you know, taking a big percentage of your claim. And it's you never want to go that route. And it's not a route we want to go. We definitely want to take and settle the claim. But in some instances, you have to. There is no. Mm-hmm. So on, when your claim is flat denied, that's I guess that's or you're seeing bad faith. That's when you want to probably discuss it with an attorney. Other yes. than that, a PA is is can do everything else. Yeah. So bring on the public adjuster before you even tell your insurance company. And then at that point, if yeah. like you said, if it becomes a issue with the insurance company or it's been closed, that's yeah. when you're engaging the services of a attorney. Yeah, we just we just had a uh, situation where uh, a young lady had a fire in uh, Ohio, smoke damage, and uh, agent, you know, we're dealing with the adjuster and the agent calls and says, uh, you know, did she have someone come mitigate because I have some guys that could come and start cleaning up. So what are you guys going to clean up? I have to establish the loss amount. The, the damage has already occurred. She's mm-hmm. already mitigated the damage because she's already, um, she's already boarded up the property. No one can get in. Uh, the power's shut off. Everything's done. She's already mitigated. The damage is damage. You just want to send someone in there to scrub the walls, clean them, and be done. That's not, and the agent was pushing on this. I'm like, that's not how you settle claims. You know, she's mitigated. Now we have to determine what is the, what is the scope? What is the amount and everything that's damaged? And then that's what's owed to her. And then she can hire a contractor to do all the work. What they want to do is just shoot people in there and start cleaning up and covering all the evidence. Mm, okay. Yeah. So that's where agent and the reason I'm getting to this is where agents, agents are agents. They should, you know, they're, they're in their lane, public justice in his lane and an attorney's in his lane. But what happens is people like to get their agent involved and the agents sometimes screw up the claim and make it even worse than it's supposed to be. So what, I mean, I've, I've had claims before on properties and I've had agents handle them in different, different ways. Let's say what should be the role of an insurance agent after that claim has been filed, whether you file it or you're having your uh, public adjuster doing it. Nothing. An agent's job is is, is nothing to, they've never handled claims. When, Mm -hmm. when I discuss this with eight, when I talk to agents and meet new agents, they have no clue about the claims process. Oh, I sold this insurance and everything's great. I'm like, Hey, do you want to see these five claims? That we they're, we're dealing with with the same carrier that they didn't pay they're underpaid they're doing this mm-hmm. they don't know that process so they shouldn't even get involved in the claims process just like we don't get involved in selling policies or discussing you know what policies you should purchase right I can recommend some on because we interpret them and we see them but I don't I you know we stay in our lane and so you know now a lot of our, uh, our a lot of our referral work that's coming in is actually from independent agents that sell policies and and then call us and recommend us to their clients. Interesting. Interesting. So what probably what everybody's asking now is what does a public adjuster charge? Yeah. So public adjusters start usually around 10% on really large claims. For example, um, it starts with 10 is usually a flat fee for public adjusters and some States cap a PA at 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, Texas does. Um, you can definitely charge uh, on, on some large claims for like uh, when we have our investors, they have large buildings and then the, the, the losses get into the millions then our fee, we have a like a fee that starts dropping down once the claim gets to a certain amount. Um, and then same thing goes with if a claim is, claim is smaller, more complicated, you know, PAs will charge 15, 20, 25. Um, if it's something more complicated, maybe if you were denied or something like that. So it just depends on the claim. 
Andy, can you give us a little background or a little overview of, say, so the loss happens, I contact a public adjuster, they start dealing with the insurance company. Can you give us a little overview of how the process would work yeah. between you and the insurance company so we have an idea of what you actually are doing? Super easy. So we we, we get the, we first send the contract, sign it with the client. Um, then we send our letter of rep to the insurance company, let them know that we're going to be handling the claim. Mm -hmm. So then the adjuster will call us. And usually what the insurance company will do is try to be sneaky try to call the insured and say, oh, yeah. we see that you hired a PA. Yeah. And, you know, we were really close to selling this. You know, I know we've been on this for three months and we haven't paid you, but we, we were going to pay yesterday if, you know, they, they will try anything. Uh, that's, that's usually the case. Um, uh, but then we take over the communication. Um, we send our out team to do our inspection, to do our videos, our photos. That takes a whole day, uh, whether it's there's personal property involved, whether we're dealing with structure damage and we have to estimate that. Uh, business interruption, all of that we start putting together. Once we have all our documents in a row, um, we get the proof of loss uh, filled out for our clients, make sure they sign it, notarize it, because it's their duty after a loss. Um, so we make sure that all the duties after loss they have completed. Um, so the policy then is in, is in force that we'll pay. Um, once we have all our documents, then we send in our file to the adjuster, and then we'll start the negotiations, whether we have to meet the adjuster on site, or we do it, uh, you know, over the phone. Uh, most of the time, it's on site, and then we're doing everything on the, in the back uh, with the desk adjusters and stuff like that. Because every claim is a little bit different, but most now have a field adjuster, like an independent, that will meet with us uh, on site, go over everything, and then it gets handed into the staff adjuster, the desk adjuster they call. Mm -hmm. And then that desk adjuster then might hand it into another adjuster. So by the end of the claim, we might be handling the claim with six different adjusters. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's funny you say that about the insurance company because uh, many years back, I my first property manager, I had an older guy, very well experienced, and we had someone slip on one of the properties and they sued and they weren't even a tenant. And um, my property manager would not speak to the insurance company. And he was telling me, he's like, no, no, you keep on talking to them. He's like, you don't talk to them. I send it all. They send me their questions by email. They hate doing it. And then I send everything back written to them. And it was just something that was like, oh, wow, like you have, you know, you don't even want to talk to them on the phone. It's really because everything is can be taken out of context. So you got to be very careful when you're talking to your insurance company of what I've learned for many years. Charles, you just that just uh, hit the nail on it. Like, that's perfect. That's exactly what I tell my client, like, not our clients. I just had a discussion with a gentleman that just had a fire on Friday and had a fire uh, on another property a month before. And he's getting investigated on one of the properties. I said, well, if, if the same carrier, you're going to be invested. This is going to get out of hand. So I'm like, let us handle the communication because what we've seen our denials and our clients is, is when we get those clients that have been denied or are getting invested, it's because they said too much. They, they, they want to be mm -hmm. honest and honesty is getting people denied. And I'm not saying to lie because lying is legal. That's not, but I'm saying some people just talk too much and they give them too much information. They're like, well, well, let us look into this. Why is he saying, no, keep it in the emails, but a, a good PA is going to handle all that. And it's going to take that and make sure that that everything is said right and it gets said in the in the in the right time and um, and process. That way, there's no delays, no investigations. The claim's not underpaid, but that's that's perfect. That's exactly yeah. how you want to handle a claim.
Yeah, they even say in the back of a lot of insurance cards for your car, and it says, don't accept responsibility, get your car to a safe place, and then go from there and like call us. They don't want you saying anything because they are worried yeah. now that they're going to have to, hey, you said it was your fault, blah, blah, blah. Now they have to pay more to the person you yeah. hit or whatever. So very interesting. These little small things you pick up after years of being yeah. around it, not as much as you, but just <laughs> as, a, as more of a uh, insurer. Insured. Um, so being around the insurance and construction industry for 10 plus years, what are common mistakes you see real estate investors make, Andy? Uh, yeah, I even so in you know we invest in our in our prop and we we invest in properties. Um, but what I see, so I, I'm, I don't do as much as volume probably as you or other investors. Um, but what I do see is not doing your due diligence. You know, people buying properties, for example, if I look at properties that we've purchased that same properties are selling for double the amount, um, with the interest rate at the way it is now, with the with the rents being the same, you know, a little bit more maybe than what we when we bought. So. I'm thinking, I'm looking, I'm like, did they do their due diligence? Because I'm looking, the roof is old, the AC, everything was old, the mechanical stuff's going to start breaking. And we have, you know, they're going to be losing. Uh, they're going to be, they're going to be netting. They're going to, it's going to be negative cash flowing. Because if I look at the numbers, the numbers don't make sense. So they're purchasing these properties with, you know, negative cash flow or breaking even, but they don't take into account all the work, you know, being in construction, I can look at a property and say, okay, I know the roof's going to have to be replaced within a year. The AC is going to go out on us anytime, all this work, and I can budget for it. But people are just buying these properties that are run down. There are probably negative cash flow. Because if I do the numbers, there's no way they could be positive cash flowing. And then, you know, those, there's no way they can hold on to those properties. Because eventually, if, if you can't find a tenant or you're having a hard time, how are you going to, you know, you're going to be really in a bad position. So that's what I'm seeing now more and more. Um, that's kind of my, my two cents on it. What do you think are the main factors that have contributed to your success over the years, Andy? Uh, grit, just just working hard. I work in everyone else. I was never the smartest or the tallest or the fastest. I just work hard. Uh, that continuing, uh, that continuing strive for like you know being good and greatness and education and just knowing more. Um, I think that's what set me apart from from everyone else. I think I was always kind of behind. But when you get to a certain age, some people just stop, and then there's the other ones that just keep working. The great ones that just keep creating and just keep going day in and day out. So yeah, working and learning. That's awesome. So Andy, how can our listeners learn more about you and your business? Yeah. Um, they can go on our website, allcityadjusting.com. They can check out our Facebook page. Um, there's other podcasts. We're actually putting up, uh, putting up another tab on the website that people can go and listen to other podcasts, more educational videos, um, as well as, you know, for your listeners, I'll provide in my cell phone. Um, if any of your listeners actually want to call and have questions, text, feel free to do so. Um, they can reach me at 708-655-4186, 708-655-4186. And that's direct cell phone. I just ask that they don't call after, you know, six or seven, everything else is fine. All right, Andy. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate being on today and with uh, letting us uh, get involved with learning what a public adjuster is and how it can help us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Charles. I appreciate no it. No problem. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. Hi, guys. It's Charles from the Global Investors Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're interested in getting involved with real estate, but you don't know where to begin, set up a free 30-minute strategy call with me at ScheduleCharles.com. That's ScheduleCharles.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Global Investor Podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play to get new weekly episodes. For more resources and to receive our newsletter, please visit globalinvestorpodcast.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another episode.
Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Syndication Superstars, LLC, exclusively.